Imagine you are standing in the middle of a lonely Iowa highway. You can feel the warmth of the sun on your face. You can smell the freshness of the air and the breeze is toying with your hair. And you see nothing for miles except for that long stretch of highway and long stretches of green fields. But then suddenly, seemingly impossibly out of nowhere, come three giant tractor-trailer trucks rocketing in on you from all three sides. And if you don't move, you will be smashed by this tripartite collision of high mileage steel and burning rubber. But there's nowhere to go except for up. And that would require a miracle. Or at the very least, a very conveniently placed trampoline. <laughs> and this is the situation that confronts us in the three lessons appointed for this morning's Eucharist. The prophet Isaiah rolls out on us one of the servant songs. These four servant songs of justice and of God's intention. And Jesus, of course, chose one of these to frame his entire project and ministry. Now, this one from Isaiah 42 was not the one we're also used to hearing Jesus quote in the Gospels. But its tone, its melody and key is very similar. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations. To open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon. From the prison, those who sit in darkness. And the book of James wheels out on us with its punchy defense of the poor against the rich. And it rings hard with what St. James calls the royal law. Jesus' commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus doesn't seem really to be helping us with these three surging semi-trucks. But his difficult kingly words found in Matthew 10. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. That little section there is enough for you and I to stumble upon and be splattered on that lonely Iowa highway. And yet Jesus goes on to endanger us even further by talking about not bringing peace, but a sword. By virtue of our baptisms, and by virtue of our ordinations, you and I have been called not so much to a profession, or a job, or a task, or an event, but to a way of life. A way of life of acknowledging Jesus before others. Here, presiding Bishop Curry's words. 
Quote, being a Christian is not essentially about joining a church or being a nice person, but about following in the footsteps of Jesus, taking His teachings seriously, letting His Spirit take the lead in our lives, and in so doing, helping to change the world from our nightmare into God's dream. End of quote. And this acknowledging of Jesus before others cannot simply be a flashing of our Christian identity cards or simply a tapping of our clerical powers and telling people, well, we are members of the tribe of the Lion of Judah. Here are our <laughs> No, acknowledging Jesus before others means sharing the project of Jesus with others and living out the royal law of Jesus with, to, and for others. Now, as you all know, the implications, the consequences of the royal law of Jesus to love your neighbor as yourself are legion. But the brick-slamming, hair-raising passage from the prophet Isaiah gives us a helpful focus. To open the eyes that are blind. To bring out the prisoners from the dungeon. For the prison, those who sit in darkness. Racism, which is the focus of our gathering, is a certain kind of darkness, a certain kind of prison, a certain kind of blindness. And as easy as it is for you and I, despite how easy it is for you and I, to point to the extremists and say, I am not they, we must begin with the speck that is in our own eye. Or perhaps to say it differently, the specks that make our color what it is. And what does this white skin mean? And how did it get to mean that? This spiritual eye surgery is very necessary for the continual work of repentance, reconciliation, and reparation. And this spiritual eye surgery is never complete until we stand before the throne of the Almighty. Structures do need to change. Injustices do need to be protested. Reparations likely need to be made. But the challenge for those of us who have attended so many trainings on this topic, many of us who have read so many articles or books on this topic, indeed some of you have protested before governments on this topic, or for those of us who have held hands with our brothers and sisters of different colors, is to think that we have somehow arrived. Think that we are somehow enlightened. Yes, the world is a difficult place, and isn't it too bad, and we will go, and we will help people. And this insidious belief that slips in so easily as we've been hearing and learning reflecting, means that we end up walking in a certain kind of blindness. And as long as we walk in blindness, we are less useful to God's redeeming project of love, and we are less useful to our brothers and sisters who do not share our privilege and power. Dr. N. Sean Copeland, who is a theologian at Boston College, she writes in her book, Enfleshing Freedom, Body, Race, and Being, these very short but illuminative words, lived transformation is discipleship. Lived transformation is discipleship. 
So even as you and I labor for the transformation of our churches and society at large, we must ask ourselves in the presence of the Holy Spirit, am I transformed? As a baptized disciple, as a deacon disciple, as a priest disciple, as a pastor disciple, as a bishop disciple, am I transformed? And then it painfully admitting that we are not yet what we should be, invoking the Holy Spirit to go through every cell of our body, biological and spiritual, and from us out into all the world. Dr. King said, In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And last, last Sunday in the lectionary, we heard Jesus say, You are my friends if you do what I command you. We have been commanded to love. And love does not remain silent. Love lifts its voice for the beloved. Love takes costly action for the beloved. But if through our prejudice and inclinations and our blindness and maybe our unwillingness to do the inner work that we've been talking about, We walk in a certain darkness. We walk in a certain prison, a certain blindness. We will speak out less and be silent more. Or, we will speak out aplenty, but less usefully. Perhaps the only way out of this three-way collision on that lonely Iowa highway is for us to jump on the trampoline of our admitted ignorance and sin. Then, with God's grace, you and I may find a way up. Amen. Amen.